Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Joined with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. Here to talk about the latest corporate sellout event, (laughs) D23. The D23 is an annual expo in Anaheim, California, where Disney tells all their shareholders and people who want to pay like $900 a ticket what they got coming out for the next few years. And this year's full of a ton of things. Do we want to start with the non-D23 or do we want to end with it? We end with the non-D23. Okay, okay. Nothing nothing in D23 is as good as the other stuff. Okay. So let's start off with, uh, I guess, the most controversial thing, the fucking Little Mermaid trailer. I thought it was pretty damn good, actually. (laughs) But people don't like Black Mermaids. They do not like Black Mermaids. I mean, look, I, I don't... I don't think it like looks like something that I need to see. Yeah, I, I feel like the original one is just fine, and this one just looks like it's set in the Zack Snyder universe. But because uh, it's gray, right? It's very like <laughs> it's very like gray tone. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm sure it's fine. I don't think that this poor girl deserves all whatever's right. happening. Mm. It's so dispiriting about <laughs> about our society yeah. that you could I don't know like. These, these poor girls are just like, I want to be a Disney princess. And Disney's like, we want you to be a Disney princess. And then the rest of the world is like, fuck you. No coloreds. If you, if you, oh my God. <laughs> if you watch this and the part of it that made you unhappy was, why would her skin tone be like that on yeah. the water? Fuck you. I hope you're unhappy for I that. know it. No kidding. I, I mean, I hope the world just keeps doing more and more shit that makes you unhappy. Even if it makes me unhappy, I'll feel a little bit happy knowing you're unhappy. I, You know what? I'm with you, Hurt. I like that. I, I mean, there's nothing in this that I want to see, but I'm glad somebody will. Sure. I have to see it. I have uh, to. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll have a seven-year-old little girl in this movie, or a six-year-old little girl in this movie comes out. I am absolutely on board for casting diversity just for diversity's sake. I think that's important. But in 10 seconds of this trailer, I was like, oh, no, they cast her because she's the fucking right person for the part. Right. Like, like she nails the vocals. And, like, Ariel's has one character trait, which is that the grass is greener on the other side, so she's always longing to be there. Right. And she fucking nails that in 10 seconds. Right. Boom. Get the part. You have one emotion. You got it. Right. Great. I think she knocks it out of the park. This movie's going to be f- probably worse than Transformers, <laughs> but I think she'll be pretty good in it. I'm not basing it off her. I'm basing it, it off every other one. Exactly. Like, I think the only thing that won't be bad about this movie is her. Yeah, yeah. probably. They announced Inside Out 2 with an asterisk, though, that Mindy Kaling and Bill Hader are apparently not coming back yep. for it. And that makes me way less interested in seeing it. It's so it's so wild that they Disney can still have like money contract disputes. Right? Yeah. Like like, are you trying to tell me you can't afford it? Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I love Inside Out one. Yeah, I mean it's great. I don't I don't need a sequel. Yeah. I am I am also uh, you know you were higher on uh, the Soul movie that I was. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that Inside Out has become like the archetype for the next stage of Pixar movies of just like generic conceptual disembodied yeah. uh, stories they have that other one too elemental i yeah. think yeah coming out soon and it's made by i think the same guy that made Soul. i'm, I'm not yeah. surprised by that yeah this would be fine i mean the pixar se- sequels are never as great as the first one but they're always fine you never were like oh man i'm pissed i watched that yeah agreed toy story 2 is pretty good Toy Story okay. 1's very good. Hey, t- sitting Toy Story aside. Okay. Because <laughs> all those sequels are pretty fucking Yeah. Great. But, like, you know, the Monsters, Inc. sequel. It's it's not great, yeah. but I'm not mad. I watched it. Yeah. It's a pretty good time in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I guess we'll do the other two th- things by Lucasfilm and Marvel. Uh, I'll start with Lucasfilm. There was an Indy 5 trailer, but it did not get released. A lot of this shit was not released. Yeah. I guess how that's how they keep that price tag. There was a, oh, there's an Indy trailer that was shown there that wasn't yeah. shown to us. Yeah, correct. I know, I know fucking Harrison Ford looked like he was having a goddamn blast at, yeah. at D23. I can't decide if he was just on the right meds or if he was genuinely excited. <laughs> he cried but, about it, like, that, yeah. how special it was for him to I be I mean, that, that indicates more to me the meds than the other stuff, but it just in general, <laughs> in general, he looked pretty happy. Yeah. So I think the big things from that were we got the Tales of the Jedi trailer and we got a Mandalorian Season 3 trailer. Tales of the Jedi about Ahsoka... And Count Dooku. There are Ahsoka and Count Dooku origin stories. And it looks fucking good. It looks real good, yeah. Joseph, <laughs> I don't have any strong opinions about it. <laughs> I think Dooku is a really interesting character I'm excited to see more of. And anytime Ashley Eckstein gets to go back and voice Ahsoka, I'm here for it, So, Isn't it wild, though, that George Lucas followed up like the absolute coolest character design of like red black tattooed guy with horns and a double lightsaber with just an old guy with the curved sword? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean... That one was 100% just for him. Oh, no, absolutely. He liked Hammer movies, and he's uh-huh. like, I'm going to put, uh, you know, I'm going to put Christopher Lee in here because I like Christopher Lee. My, my, my headcanon theory is that George hated himself for killing Gwygon, mm-hmm. and that Gwygon should have really been the villain of Attack of the Clones. I, I could get on board with that. Man, would that have been some emotion. Yeah. Like, maybe some emotions we need. Because obviously, Gwygon doesn't give a shit about the Jedi Council. Like right. We all agree that that guy right. was like on his own. And he, the influence we get is that he gets that from Dooku. Man, this wasn't supposed to be a Star Wars podcast. That is a way more interesting arc for that story. Yeah. Unofficially, those stories are Obi-Wan stories. But mm-hmm. if we like are really focusing in on Obi-Wan, that definitely like ramps up the drama for his story. Yeah. I like that a lot. And it makes the corruption of Anakin make more sense, right? Like the guy who chose him ends up being corrupted by How do we get you in charge of, of uh, Lucasfilm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do we get you in charge of Lucasfilm 20-odd years ago? Yeah. yeah. 12-year-old me writing Star Wars <laughs> stories. The Mandalorian trailer it was fine. I, I watched the leak Comic-Con trailer. It's the exact same. Sure. Right. You do see Mandalore in it, though, which is fucking cool. Right on. It's, that's going to be exactly what we all thought it was, which is just going to be like the war for who's ever going to be in charge of Mandalore. I don't think you guys watched it. It'll be fine. No, I didn't watch the trailer, <laughs> yeah. but you know. I, I like sent you show. 50 billion things. No, I, I watched the trailer. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, didn't, uh, I, I think, didn't click a goddamn one. I think, I think <laughs> you had said in the text chain, and I agree, that you know I'm excited for this, but I'm not as excited by it as I should be, and I think it's because... Boba Fett was just in season 2.5 of uh, of this. So, you know. But yeah, this is going to be great. So far, this has been great. I would like this to be closer to Mandalorian season one than Mandalorian season two. Right. Which hopefully, hopefully it is. But uh, the only other thing that came out of Lucasfilm was the Willow trailer, which I was really surprised with how good it looks. <laughs> right. I, I'm a fan of this movie. I'm a fan of Willow. I don't know if Willow was good, but I watched it yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, in in my early days of living the life, cleaning up movie theaters and stuff, uh, my crew of guys was very fond of using the line, you are great, whenever <laughs> someone uh, did something good. So I'll always have a fondness yeah, for yeah, that yeah. movie. And I'm, I'm glad it's continuing. And work, Dave is getting work is never bad. No, I agree Particularly one where he doesn't have to wear some sort of hot head dress. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. I don't think Ron Howard has came back for this. Because he didn't he direct... He, yeah, it was it was Ron yeah, Howard. Yeah. yeah. What else is Ron Howard doing? I think he's making documentaries now. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then finally, that brings us to the Marvel. Oh, listen, there was a bunch of shit at D23. I just don't feel like talking about all of it. Uh, the Marvel stuff, which, um, let's see, some of my favorites. How do you say? Kehu Kwan coming back for, or coming for Loki season two. After that guy was in everything, everywhere, all at once, right. he's mm-hmm. coming back full on mm-hmm. and gave me my favorite thing of D23, yep. which is the picture of him and Harrison Ford together. Man, it, that was just straight up fucking heartwarming. Yeah. Like, I fucking love Loki season one, so I'm already excited for season two. This is a fun addition. I'm yeah, absolutely. I, Loki's been the best of the Marvel shows. It's made it being a show make more sense mm-hmm. than this is just a movie broken up into absolutely, multiple yeah. parts. Maybe She-Hulk is neck and neck with it, but I still think I like Loki more. Uh, so yeah, I'm ready for this. And this is a good addition. I can't wait for it. I'm just excited for the soundtrack for season two because I listen to the soundtrack for season one all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it popped in my head the other day, but I was just like, this shit is so Doctor Who. It's not even... I know, it, I absolutely. It's so fucking Doctor it's, Who. It's 100%. We just want to do Doctor Who, yeah. and then they did that. Let's give it some Doctor Who music. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, we got the Thunderbolts lineup, which is... Let's see if I can remember this off the top of my head. Fucking Ghost, Red Guardian, Yelena, Bucky, surprisingly, mm-hmm. Taskmaster... And I'm free. Oh, um, angry Captain America. Fucking U.S. agent. John US Walker. Agent. Yeah, John he, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I got to say, you have very visual memory because you basically said that. That's how I did right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Picture was. Uh, you, you forgot Elaine, though. Elaine will be there. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I'm hoping this is just a teaser and we get some more characters. You know, obviously these are all super soldiers and there's some cooler super soldiers after there. It's, you know, it is odd. Like, I feel like the point of these movies is like, are not, you know, just having a superhero team is to show off like all the cool different things that they can do. Right. But these are all dude that do pretty much the same thing. I mean, they're all super soldiers, but they left the two more interesting super soldiers out, which would be abomination and Zemo. Yeah. You know, uh, which I'm hoping they'll still be in there somewhere. So I did. I do think Zemo. I think Zemo will probably end up being the villain of this movie. Right. Um, my theory, thanks to you on Abomination, because you said why wouldn't Abomination be there? Super Soldier. Right. So like the most I don't know famous character from Thunderbolts that everyone talks about is Red Hulk. Obviously, you can't do because William Hurt's gone. Right. You can't do Thunderbolt Ross anymore. Right. So my theory is you make Red Guardian the Red Hulk in this movie. I would be super into that. Yeah, I think David Harbour would be on board for he that. He would absolutely be on board with that. <laughs> we are, we've already set up, like, super soldier serum gone wrong can turn you into a Hulk creature. Right. I think it fucking makes a ton of sense. I also think, because, you know, Thunderbolts is basically, there There were two different con- the concepts mm-hmm. of the Thunderbolts team. There was the original, which was the di- Avengers that disappeared, and a group of supervillains masquerade as a new group of superheroes and basically are using it to do supervillain shit, you know, behind the scene. And the other one's just Suicide Squad. They just did Suicide Squad again. I think that maybe if Zemo's the villain, he could pot, we could possibly basically be doing both of those mm. things. Like he's leading a team of fake superheroes that these guys are going to take out. Yeah. That sounds really fun. <laughs> I like yeah. that idea a lot. Yeah, I, I I still have high hopes for this movie, but the lineup did not like get me. Excited. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it didn't me either. Other than David Harbour coming back, because that shit was fun. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and then finally, my favorite thing from the Marvel panel, and I feel like Hurt might have loved it. Joseph, I think the Jerry, I don't mean Jerry. Fucking that Werewolf by Night trailer kicks ass. <laughs> it looks so much fucking fun. Yeah, man. it has so much stuff in it that I did not think I would see. So I'm super into it. Yeah. 
I didn't watch it, so I'm oh, trusting you, you guys to tell yeah. me. I don't know anything about this. So this is this like a Marvel character? Or is this like a, yeah. a, a superhero? He's, he's a Marvel werewolf. Yes. Okay. And it seems to be leaning into the sort of the Marvel 70s uh, Bronze Age horror characters. There's a little glimpse of Man-Thing in there. Hmm. Uh, you know, Man-Thing is basically Swamp Thing, with but with Marvel's powers. All the 70s Marvel horror pa- characters have the same power, which is they do something to you to suffer for your sins. I like, see. <laughs> Ghost Rider looks at you, Man-Thing touches you, but it's all the same shit. Uh there, there's a little glimpse of Elsa Bloodstone, mm-hmm. which is a fucking great character. Uh, you know, Monster Hunter, basically like Hellboy, but, you know, an amoral girl. It looks super fun. I hear it's only supposed to be like a half hour. It's just yeah, like... Yeah, it's like a, a... They filmed it in like two weeks. Right. Uh, it's like a half hour special that comes out in like... Literally like three weeks from now. No shit. Yeah. It looks cheesy and campy and fun, and I think it's going to be a good time. That does sound fun. One thing that they're doing this year we're getting two of them is they're just doing these like one-off specials so this is supposed to be like their halloween special and then we get the guardians of the galaxy christmas special in december but um it look yeah it's super campy and cheesy and i know that's not for everyone but that's for me right yeah i like that shit yeah so i I know that marvel's talked about i don't know if it's like on the official docket the whole midnight suns thing does this fit into that same kind of category or is this Something I mean, different. Many of Elsa Bloodstone could definitely be used in that. Werewolf at Night could be used at that. So yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I I think if we see anyone again from this, it'll be Elsa Bloodstone. Yeah. But yeah, I think it makes perfect sense that if you're going to introduce, we've already intru- kind of semi introduced Blade's voice in this. I think you, I feel like a team of of like Blade, Moon Knight, these couple of characters from this, Jon Snow. It feels inevitable. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, that's basically it. There was some cool stuff with the parks. Walt Disney World's getting a Coco, Zootopia, and a Villains Land. They've never done a Villains mm. Land before. Well, they're adding cool. that at Walt Disney World. But uh, I, This is a side note that's not related to what... This may not even make it into the podcast, but I know that they uh, Disney has like a uh, uh, tabletop RPG. The, the yeah. villain. Have you ever played that with your kids? I've played I've, Villainous. Yeah I've, yeah, I've played Villainous. It's fun. It's not really... It's a bit older than like my okay, kids. Okay, that's are. What I wasn't sure. I was, yeah, because I know I figured Disney thing is probably like aged for kids. Yeah. But. They the other thing they just announced is they created a card game that's mm. like their version of Magic the Gathering. All right, all right. Which who the fuck's gonna play that? Right. right. <laughs> the only other thing this is not D twenty three related at all, but this is specifically for Joseph. Hey. I mean, all of us. We all fucking right. love. Fucking Constantine's coming back with Keanu Reeves. Lawrence What's-His-Face is directing it again. A script by Akiva... What's his last name? I can't think. Akiva Goldsmith, who Gold. wrote every script the year that... Uh, that Constantine, Constantine came out, came yeah. Out, yes. uh, <laughs> really? yeah. Produced by J.J. Abrams, which is the most interesting it, part of this story. The most concerning part of the story, really? but... J.J. Abrams, when he signed his deal with Warner Brothers, this was before the Discovery merger, he had, like, free right to make anything he wanted. He was going to do a Superman. He was going to do Constantine. He was going to do Justice League Dark. All of those have been canned. Yep. <laughs> and he's producing this, which means his Constantine show has gone bye-bye. Mm-hmm. The way of the dinosaur. And that's fine. <laughs> Love it. I would rather this than almost... I would I would trade everything that you've just said and most of the other movies that will probably come out next year for this movie. Man, we have talked so much shit about how broken Warner Brothers uh, DC is yeah. as far as the movie properties and stuff. But, you know... Broken clock, right twice and, a day. Like, don't like, hundred percent. It's like, important to note that this is still too late. Like this, this should have happened like at the height of the John Wick hype. 
which was like probably right. John Wick two because yeah. it was it was just sitting right there. Like there was that uh, it was either a year or two ago where there was a panel with during Keanu COVID Re- when they did yeah, all yeah yeah like, and, and and everyone was like yeah we definitely do we're totally into it and fucking still radio silence and now. You know, over a year, two years, whatever, they're like, well, yeah, maybe I guess we'll get something rolling. It's, yeah, I mean, it's literally just like, it's the same way they do everything. Maybe this will work. I mean, yeah. there's no logical reason for it. No. The three of us, Devin Halp, and like 10 other people, were waiting for this. And I'm really excited we're getting it. I don't know what it's going to do for them, but I can't wait. I almost, I almost feel like there's this whole mindset that we're not making content for TV anymore. It's, it's just theatrical release. And it's like, who has a fucking finished script already? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we got Constantine too. Right. right. Well, I'll give it $60 million. Right. I, I'm super fucking excited about this. I This is one of those movies that when it came out, I was very, yeah, Constantine's supposed to be British. He's supposed to be blonde. And I really didn't give it a chance. And when I finally watched it, I was begrudgingly won over. And I've watched it about 60 times since then. Yeah. It's a great movie. I watch it every single year. Right. Uh, it, it is odd in a way that every single person in the cast of that movie has like their career has expanded since then. Right. Like they have become bigger stars since this movie. Right. And it's just, I don't know. It, I know people have issues with the same kind of thing. He's not sting. He's not as like quippy or whatever, <laughs> right. but I don't know. I just, I think they get the atmosphere. So right. Yeah. I, and one of the things I'm worried about, and one of the things I hope that they preserve about the, that movie and kind of the Constantine lore, I think in general is that like in the movie, Keanu, you know, Constantine is like, he gets in like a couple scraps and he's got like equipment, right. but he's not really good at fighting. Right, uh, right, right. Like most of the shit that he does to solve his problems is like clever. Right. Uh, totally. And I'm worried post John Wick that they're going to try to turn Constantine into an action hero. And look, I, I'm not opposed to that. I'm still going to fucking love it if it's John Wick with a fucking Crucifix. holy holy cross, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like fucking crossbow just mowing people down. But at the same time, I think that's something that they get really right in the original one yeah. that I want them to do again. One hundred percent. The the best John Constantine stories are the ones where he wins just by being a bastard yeah. just by playing yeah. dirtier than the other mm-hmm. guy so i i definitely hope we don't lose that too is is this character the only time we've always gotten the live action casting right because matt smith is fucking great Gra- too. i agree totally. or matt ryan matt ryan whatever yeah. his fucking name is matt smith works yeah matt like, smith could be a good constantine too <laughs> but, for sure um but yeah, no, totally, because the the Joanna Constantine in Sandman is oh, also yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, Olivia Coleman, right? Yeah, yeah. the The only thing I want from this is bring back Tilda Swinton and Peter Stormare. Right. Yes, absolutely. I don't think you will, but I would love it. <laughs> I see. I think you will. I, I, I think, think you I think get both those. I guys. think we'll get Peter Stormare. I'm not sure about Tilda Swinton. I um. I, I say bring back Shia, you fucking coward. See, I was gonna say, <laughs> do you bring back Shia or do you make it current and you hire Ezra, Ezra Miller <laughs> to fucking replace him? Listen, this doesn't belong in the podcast, but did you guys read Shia's uh, <laughs> rebuttal to getting canned no, by it. Olivia Wilde? It's fucking awesome. <laughs> that whole situation just seems bad. Yes, it doesn't seem good yeah. for sure. She claims she fired him because he made some like inappropriate remarks to Florence Pugh and made Florence Pugh uncomfortable. And then he wrote this letter and put it on social media with literally screenshots from the text of her like, Please come back. We'll make more time. Because he, he says he quit 
because she didn't want to do like there wasn't enough time for rehearsals uh-huh yeah, like she wanted to get right to shooting he's like i'm not gonna do a part that there's no rehearsals and he has like fucking screenshots <laughs> right. of her like just begging him to this, do the movie this is, it's, like it's such a, a a beautiful clusterfuck of everyone sucks yeah right. like there's no there's no winners there's no like heroes in this story it's just everyone sucks and they're all getting what they deserve well Maybe Florence Pugh. No, no, Florence, Florence Pugh, Pugh is just caught in the mix. Yeah, she's basically been like, I'm not on anybody's side. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't think Harry Styles actually spit on Chris Pine, but God, I hope it's true. Like, I just imagine it's true in my brain. It was, I, I, I love Twitter every day, but that was my favorite day on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that and the day Facebook went down. Yeah. yeah. Best days on Twitter. All right, well, that's the fucking news. <laughs> that's the news. Fantastic. I really like that we talked as much about Constantine as we did the entire D23. That's what we wanted to talk yeah. about the most. I would I would just do a whole episode on Constantine right now, and then we could come back next week and I'd do another episode on Constantine. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Uh, well, cool. That's, yeah, that's uh, news, mostly D23, and then the thing that's better than D23. <laughs> Uh, what have we been watching the past week, guys? I didn't watch anything new. Nothing worth interesting. Still Critical Role. No, I was about to say nothing at all. Yeah. Well, we, you'll talk about Critical Role. Fine, fine. <laughs> uh, Critical Role, Rings of Power, She-Hulk. I still fucking love all three of them. They're still great. The one thing I did want to talk about was um, I had, I'm going to use my time to pitch a podcast to you, too. Okay. It's an idea I had, and I, I think you guys hopefully would be interested. And this podcast is inspired by like most things in my life a jimmy eat world song okay um which obviously jimmy eat world's most famous song the middle and it's pretty poppy i mean mm. jimmy eat world's a pretty poppy band yeah uh but to me the best like single they put out that like charted and things was pain yeah no yeah I that's would get so- more that. that song fucking kicks yeah it's super poppy huge appeal so it got me thinking about the the like age-old complaint when bands go pop right is it good? Is it bad? We always use it as bad, but I think there might be some examples where it's actually pretty good. I we, Totally. A podcast where we talk about the sellout record. Yeah. The record that everyone <laughs> calls the sellout That's record. It. And say, is that or is that not a good record? Yes. I, I'm. Th- th- this podcast is dead. Let's do that. <laughs> I, I, again, I think if you look at, like, I love Lead America, and I think it's, it's my favorite, but because it has my favorite Jimmy Eat World tracks on it. Right. I think the next couple might be better albums. Right, they're better all they're better solid listening yeah. experience. Um and they were more mainstream at that time. Right. On the flip side, fucking Songs About Jane is a fucking killer album and everything Maroon 5 did after it was complete shit. <laughs> right. Linkin Park. Linkin Park probably went 3 for 3 on those first 3 albums like almost all of them are no skips and fucking Meteora goes bonkers in my opinion and then michael bay decided this is the soundtrack of robots right. and it goes downhill rapidly right. right so this is my idea yeah bands that go pop just doing the, the sellout record yeah I, I would fucking love this i could come up with a good subject for this every week do you um you probably remember this hurt better than maybe you do joseph but like was it was it like Arctic Monkeys or Snow Patrol? One of those winter themed bands that well, they like went on Saturday Night Live and then like the internet went fucking nuts. Like it was like all the people were like, oh, they sold that. Like it was like the most. When, I like, think I th- it would have had to been Arctic Monkeys because nobody ever had any illusions. That's true. About <laughs> Snow I just remember Snow it, being. I'm like, pretty sure it was Arctic Monkeys. I think I'm remembering what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. It was the first time we're like, internet culture might not be good because this is a band <laughs> no one gave a shit about. And now their fans have a voice right. about them selling out. Right. right. But yeah. That's my idea. I like it. 
I feel like this is much more a podcast for you two than for me because I just listen to the same records all the time. <laughs> but see, that's why you would be good. You would be like the control. You'd be listening to this record for the first time. I mean, that's oh, fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? So you bring up the middle. What is it about the middle that annoys you? Because I figured out just the other day what it is. Because I think the middle is a good song. It's fine. It's but totally there's a fine. reason why it annoys me that it's everyone's favorite Jimmy Eat World song. It annoys if like if I hadn't heard it a billion times, like I heard it a billion times before I discovered Jimmy Eat World. Right. right? Like for me, like probably Pain was more of an introduction to Jimmy Eat World than the middle was, and to me, it was just that shit was already better. Like, right. Um, so I don't have a problem with it individually. I've just heard it so many damn times. I think what it is that bugs me about it is you know they're not a guitar solo band. Yeah. You know, they do like sort of guitar instrumental stuff in sort of uh, in the songs, but it's never like a weedly deedly deedly thing. The only like hot guitar solo they have is the one in the middle. Mm-hmm. But then they play it twice. They play the exact same guitar mm-hmm. solo mm-hmm. twice. And that bugs me for some reason. Do a different guitar solo the second time. It also it also frustrates me because Sweetness and Bleed American are better songs. Way better songs. They should have been the singles on there. Dude, Authority songs are better songs yeah, than that. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, I'm on board with this. We'll, we'll discuss it <laughs> off here if whether yeah. this is the last episode yeah. of this podcast and we're doing a new one. I like that a lot. Uh, as for what I watched, um, okay, many years ago, me and my buddy Zach went to his dad's house for some reason. I can't remember. Some reason lost a ton. But uh, when we got there, uh, his dad, Preston, was like curled up in a chair and he had like this 70s sort of crochet sort of afghani blanket over him and you know he's he's watching lord of the rings and you're and zach's like hey dad what's wrong and he's like oh man i'm just watching my hobbits (laughs) and you know i understood that immediately like he wasn't feeling too great that day and the hobbits were giving him comfort and i was like maybe being old won't be that bad you can just curl up with your hobbits well, now I'm probably to the age that Zach's dad was at that point. And yesterday I was having a pretty shitty day. I was feeling the years. And I was like, man, I'm going to watch my Hobbits. But I didn't want to watch the Hobbits because they were Preston's Hobbit. So instead, for the 11th million time I've watched them and the 11th million time we've been brought up in this podcast, I watched uh, Infinity War and Endgame. <laughs> and I don't think there's much that we can say about this that I haven't already said a million times on this, except they did make me feel better curled up in my blank and watching seven hours of superhero nonsense. The one thing I wanted to say, the one new revelation I had from it is I think it's time for us to forgive Jeremy Renner's haircut. Okay. Mm. It was fucking ridiculous at the time, but time has proved him right. It's a more ridiculous version of the haircut that every fucking dude wears now, but it's essentially the same haircut every fucking dude wears now. I mean, not the kind of dudes you want to talk to, but I suppose that his character you don't want to talk to. Right, exactly. (laughs) But, you know, the shaved on the side, bushy on the top, that is the haircut of the day of most dudes and some women. Yep. So, I'm changing my vote on that. Jeremy Ayer's stupid fucking haircut, better than Transformers. Hawkeye trendsetter. (laughs) Love That's it. all I got for this week. Beautiful. Look, I'm, I I can't believe you didn't talk even a little bit about Critical Role. All right, Role so here's what I'll say about fucking Critical Role. <laughs> no, look, I wanted, I wanted to say, because we've just talked about it so much lately. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Are you going to turn off our nuns of listeners? It's just, exactly. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> That's offensive to, like, 25 people. Yeah. It's just, it does not shock me, but, like, 
it feels like it is your thing, Hurt, because it's just, it's so soapy in real time. It's like real time made up soaps <laughs> is what this is. And that's, I feel like the last couple episodes have been top notch content in Dude, that regard. It's like, I mean, there may have been some low points, but since like EXU Calamity started, we've been on a fucking tear. Uh-huh. Like just some of the best critical role content in the last two weeks have been absurd. Yeah. Just stupid good. And I, I can tell you the beginning of this, the, the episode this past week started with three people who were in danger of, of not making it, not making it any further in this story, and the ability to, at maximum, bring two of them back. <laughs> and that was the whole first two, two hours, hours. Of, of the episode, and it was fucking gold. Yeah, right? nail-biting. Yeah. It's just them, like, because you know, it, obviously it all sets in, hey, we can only bring two people back. Like, one person at this table is, at least this character you're playing is fucking done. And what a dilemma yeah. that is, is that you have and, to choose. And then they have, like, at the table have to figure out yeah. which one. Yeah, it's it's just top-notch shit. Yeah. Justin and I were texting back and forth the whole time. Like, it just was, again, it's just them sitting there talking about who they're going to cast this spell over. But it was just so, like, gripping. It's it's all it's one of those things where so you know Matt is the is the dungeon master he's overseeing everything at, at the the whole time and in general I feel like his whole job is to plan things and then get disappointed because his right. job is mostly to lose you know right. like he makes characters that he really likes he makes encounters he really likes and you know the the players come in and either either beat him the way that he intended he still loses or come up with a clever way to destroy all of his hours of preparation <laughs> uh, so like it's mostly his job to sit there and lose most of the time. Uh, and so for, for him to start this episode, like the, the, the die's already been cast. Like they're already in this situation. His job is done. Like he's sitting there fucking like eating it up. All of the, all of them trying to decide who do we save? <laughs> and and I, I, I text Christian is like, Matt's in, in, enjoying the hell out of this. And Christian said, I am too. It's great shit. <laughs> Yeah, it was so great. Anyway, Critical Role, good stuff. This might be the week I try, because really the only thing besides those two movies I did consume this week was only wrestling podcasts, and I fucking hate wrestling podcasts. <laughs> okay. So maybe I'll try. Um, and then the other thing that I, I binged this weekend because it came out is Netflix released. I'm back on Netflix. It only took one month. Uh, Shit, yeah, you were just talking about you canceled. Yeah, I know. They, they, they got me. Uh, they released the new Trigger show, which is a, it's an anime uh, called Cyberpunk Edge Runners. It is, I guess, based in the same universe as the Cyberpunk 2077 uh, video game. Which I've never played, so I don't know anything about it. Right. I, I, I think Ian has it. Ian yeah, it, I, I don't think it, it matters if you. It didn't matter to me <laughs> if, if you've played it or not. But one of these days, uh, when you guys just are too late for something or reschedule on me too many times, I'm just going to do a whole episode by myself about Studio Trick. They're my fucking absolute favorite. Their whole <laughs> thing is we're going to take a genre, we're going to we're going to distill the parts that people enjoy about them and turn it up to eleven. And that's like their whole model, and they just they crank out hits. Every single thing they make is outstanding. They made the uh, they made two of the Star Wars shorts, but the one that's most their style is the twins, mm-hmm. right? But they're always ludicrous, but have always been within the constraints of normal television. You know, like whatever uh, TV fourteen or whatever. Right. Uh, for this particular show, they cranked it into TV MA and did not go gently <laughs> into that transition. Just <laughs> 
just turned it just all the way up. The, the, the language, sex, violence, gore is just obscene. I mean, it's absolutely obscene. I don't know. It's really, really good. Everything they make is really, really good. Uh, you can just tell, if you like the cyberpunk genre, if you like that like aesthetic, you can tell that they fucking do too. Like the animation and like just the, the environments, the worlds, really, really fucking cool. It's not really a story I particularly like. It's a very like common anime story uh, where like it's a normal person that gets kind of brought into a, a group of criminal ne'er-do-wells to... I don't know. For whatever reason, the closest thing I can think of in like a movie setting is like a wanted. Right. Is uh, but there's like that's a whole subgenre of anime. Is that just specific that story? And I don't usually like it because it's a little grim and uh, hopeless. And that's kind of how cyberpunk as a genre is in general. I right. think that's kind of the point. Uh, so like. I don't know. It's like a story that wasn't necessarily made for me, but I fucking loved it anyway because it's just so well executed. It's really good. It's not for any. I just, I just definitely not for anyone under eighteen. It may not be for people over eighteen. <laughs> my, my wife would not like it. Uh, but it's better than Transformers. Cyberpunk Edge Runners on Netflix. How long? How many episodes? Ten episodes. Mm. Twenty-two minutes. Oh, oh really, and really the, the and the opening theme is Franz Ferdinand. Oh, right on. That makes yeah. so can, much sense. I can probably get Sarah to watch it based just on that. Sarah really loves Oh, Frank. boy. You'll have to let me know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Do we know? Is there anything next week that's worth anything? Nah. Ne- next week, something or a new podcast. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. Let us know if we missed any D23 movie, uh, uh, news or if you are more excited than Constantine than I am. Spoiler alert, you're not. But you can try and convince me. Uh, you can reach us at realphonies@gmail.com. You can also get uh, uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies on Instagram, real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later.